Welcome to Waypoint for a kind of strange episode. Meta Waypoint. Uh, meta Waypoint. This podcast is exclusively for people who are n not turned off by Q&A question episodes, I guess, because this is what this is. I'm, yeah. I'm Julian. I'm the Game Master. Oh, and Sunny isn't here. Sunny isn't here today. Sunny's not feeling great. So we're doing this episode. It's just the three of us. If one of the questions is very pertinent to especially Sunny or like Charlotte, we'll see if we can figure out a way to do that in some way, maybe like edit something in in post or something like that. But otherwise it's, it's just the three of us carrying it here. I'm, I'm Julian. I'm the game master. I mainly use he, him pronouns. I'm Viola. I play Moon. I use she, her. I'm Mimi and I play Max and I'm one of them theys. One of the they thems. <laughs> nice. We're actually also, we're in a room right in now. In the same room. I mean, the, that's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, the three of us are currently in the same room, which has never happened. <laughs> no, that has happened before. It's never <laughs> happened before on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, so it's if the on. audio quality is different than usual, that's because we are in a half-finished pillow fort in the living room of um mimi's parents so uh, yeah and uh we we actually managed to gather quite a few questions uh, mainly from twitter but also like one from tumblr Yay. and uh all of them from a combined three people <laughs> who are very interested about our universe so i uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say who asked of all of those questions uh we had questions from tess and from queen b on twitter And we had questions from Two Cats in a Trench Coat on Tumblr. So thanks thanks to these three for giving us a lot to chew on for this episode. Because we got a lot of interesting questions. Not the kind of questions that we expected, maybe. Yeah. We got a lot of questions about like our universe and about background information and stuff like that. And how like our universe works outside of the very small, limited setting that we've had so far. Which is just... A city and mainly like two parts of that city <laughs> which is cool it's just not what i would have expected from the questions also you guys can't see it but i can see julian sweating and his thoughts just racing how much he can tell us and how much he wants to keep a secret <laughs> so that this is, is gonna be fun that is the question that is the question that i have to, I have to ask myself and i usually lean towards fuck it you know <laughs> i can still change it if it ever who comes cares up. Who cares? I can I can just say stuff vaguely enough that I leave out the important parts for later. <laughs> I can use this to establish stuff so later people can be like, oh, I rec remember this from the Q&A episode. Man, wouldn't it be fucking funny if like our future podcast didn't make any fucking sense if you didn't listen to the <laughs> Q&A episode because it established like important stuff about the universe that we never address again <laughs> until it becomes important? Um... Yeah, so we will mostly answer the questions that we were asked from you three. You know who you are. And um, I guess we'll do the thing where if we think of any interesting questions, we're going to ask each yeah. other of them. So. Yeah. Also, like, I know there's a lot of questions that are like world building stuff. And I'm going to see if I can find a way where it's not just something where I answer all the questions, but where I, What can, do you think? I can encourage you guys to make shit up with me. I mean, to be fair, a lot of world building actually happens in our group chat, so... Yeah. Anyways, want to start off on the first question? Yes, do it. Um, We could also start with one of ours, which could be like, what was our motivation in making this podcast? Why did we do it? I don't know. Do any of you have <laughs> anything to say to that? Um, I guess for us, we've been t tabletop RPGs, Titterpick uh, nerds yeah, for a few it's years pronounced now. pronounced And mm. have listened to, um, to a lot of um, podcasts on the subject. And since we are in a group where many of us play um, campaigns with each other, we often said, man, this is so much fun. We should just plop a microphone down there and have let other mm. people have fun with them. For me, that was a natural progression, progression of... Yeah, we're gonna do that someday. It's inevitable. It's just a question who will lead it and what kind of setting. So Julian, why did you pick this setting? Um, we, like Sunny wasn't a part of that, but the three of us at least had a different campaign before this, which was also an Apocalypse World game, uh, Apocalypse World-esque game, a monster of the week. And after that campaign basically concluded, I already noticed the next thing i'd like to do is superheroes because i discovered the masks 
rulebook a while before that. Or actually, did Mimi, did you discover it and send it to me? I don't remember who found it first. I think you found it first and I was like, there's also supplements and fan yeah, yeah, that's um, probably it. playbooks and it's really cool. Yeah, like I saw it and I saw the playbooks and I was like, holy shit, this is... Like I was looking, I think I was looking for superhero themed tabletop RPGs in general and that's how I found Masks because I had an idea for a superhero setting like a long time before where I was, uh, I was originally planning to just kind of write my own rules for it. And I, I'm still on that setting. It's still the setting that I wanted to do so long ago. Like I was planning for a, lo a long time ago to do this as a webcomic, stories in this setting. And uh, then I wanted to do it as a tabletop RPG thing. And now that we kind of decided we wanted to do a podcast, this is what it became. Because it's like the most planned out setting probably that I ever like thought of before. And saying that... I still basically made everything up when we decided to make it a podcast because I changed a lot <laughs> of what the original plans were. Because the original plans were a lot more built around like a certain set of characters and we kind of made the move to make it more about a city so it can be about your characters, which is like the big, which is like the big change. But some of these characters that I or originally planned for like the webcomic-ish story are still in Waypoint, just changed a lot. They're just NPCs now. Yeah, basically. Like, most of them are just the SOS now. <laughs> like, a good a good amount of them. Knight Rider is from that. Uh, original Starbolt is from that, although not under that name. Because, like, it's Sunny's character. Sunny gets to pick the name. Uh, and uh, the power set and all of that. And uh, even Enoch is originally from that setting. So... Very mysterious. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen a lot of Enoch yet. Yeah. He just keeps hanging out in the background. And, and not get, wanting to be there. And getting uncomfortable with, <laughs> yeah. you know, conversations about people. And while we're on the setting, I'm going to get to one of the questions now. One of the questions was, what other super populated cities would you want to visit? So we've already established like a few things in this world. Uh, a few locations that are uh, fictional, uh, mainly the city of Waypoint and Dreamland. But there's a lot of other places. And I wanted to ask you, thinking of like the classic archetypes of both superhero cities and stuff we've already established and all of that, what kinds of cities would you like to visit if our characters ever left Waypoint? For me, it's pretty easy because you mentioned the flying city yeah. full of people and <laughs> superheroes. And basically an entire city that said, fuck this, we're going to do our own thing is pretty much exactly what Moon did. Mm. So I think that oh, it's, it's flying. It's a flying city, of course. I'd want, uh, yeah, uh, Watchtower. Yeah, yeah. We, we only mentioned that once before. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's something that Moon would be drawn to, like a mm. entire part of the culture that said, no, we want to do our own thing mm -hmm. and not be constricted by what society on the ground thinks we mm -hmm. should do. That's something that Moon very much sympathizes with. What about Max? I feel like some city in a snowy region would be cool. Mm. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Canada, the, the city. The Canada city. The the fictional land of Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did establish one city that's in a colder climate on the sidelines. I established that Leningrad still exists, <laughs> but I don't know if that's really if that's really the vibe we're gonna go for. But to be honest, I would like to know how other countries de um, dealt with mm -hmm. the superhero stuff. I do have some stuff, like like ideas for some of that stuff. I mean, for for obvious reason, like um, Europe would be interesting for me mm. because it's so densely populated that I think they would have to have much stricter regulations and stuff because collateral damage is a lot different if you can't go into a desert to fight it out. Mm. Um, but Russia would be very interesting. I would I would like to see what Russia did with superheroes. Uh, the Soviet Union. Still Soviet Union? Yeah, it's still the Soviet Union. <laughs> okay, good <laughs> That's to why know. it's still called Leningrad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have some ideas for Europe. Like, the main things I've established for Europe in, like, notes that I had is that a nuclear power plant in Austria exploded at some point, which is how S Dr. Supergirl got his powers. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the main thing that I've established about Europe so far. And there's also, I have plans for, we'll get to that with another question maybe, for like a, a, f 
a first super powered being kind of character who just has the power of immortality <laughs> so he's just not died so far and uh, he's been in like europe in important points in history and all of that but yeah you know if that ever comes out <laughs> i know what the german superhero city would be mm. Bielefeld. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, Bielefeld. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I thought of it as soon as you said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone curious, just Google the Bielefeld conspiracy. Yeah. As for cities, I all, from before we ever decided that it was going to be a podcast, I had plans for like, hey, if the characters want to be from different cities or stuff like that, why don't I invent some cities that the characters could be from? Ooh, and ultimately, the only thing that became relevant is dreamland <laughs> in that sense but i would not want to go to dreamland <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember that because i was like you know i feel like um, max should be from kind of a small town uh and her mother being the mayor and kind of mm -hmm. important and you were just like i have the perfect place <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it came down to and that's why dreamland also became like dreamland was a late addition like i i can tell you exactly when i thought of dreamland It was the moment that I wrote the summary for you of the setting. That's the moment that I invented Dreamland because I had just watched. Uh, here, here's a here's a tip for something to watch: the Defunct Land video on Epcot mm -hmm. and how Epcot got created. That's purely 100% how Dreamland came into existence. Watching this one video, but we have some other places too. I'm just gonna go over like one or two of them. We have Watchtower. Uh, let's see if Watchtower ever becomes relevant because I have a lot of stuff about that, like. The idea with both with Dreamland, Waypoint and Watchtower is sort of like manifestations of conceptual cities that were planned at some point or like conceptual places that were planned at some point. Dreamland is based on the original plans for Epcot, which almost came to be. Uh, Waypoint is based on the 1964 World's Fair, especially and ideas for like the perfect city at the time. Which is why it has this sort of metropolis in the comics look to it. Which is why it has this city that was planned without cars. Which is why it has these magnetic monorails. Like all the technology that at the time was really popular with like future thinkers. And Watchtower is kind of a seastead in the idea. Like this libertarian idea of, hey, why don't we build a city where there's no taxes and regulations? So like Rapture and Bioshock <laughs> in a way, uh, it kind of goes in that direction. But a lot of the other cities that I thought of aren't that interesting, I think, because they're basically just, you know, this is a city that's kind of Gotham. But I don't think they're that interesting on a conceptual level. They're just sort of, yeah, you've seen that in comics before. All right, let's get to the next question. Something where I don't talk as much, maybe. <laughs> Here, there's a question for you guys. Uh, do your young heroes have any particular idols in the superhero world? Hmm. I, I think for Moon it's Transistor. Mm. Because, let's be honest, we have Moon has not met that many That's superheroes. True. And Transistor as a, another techie person, I think, um, that seems to have their shit together, is just someone that Moon would idolize. Hmm. Mm, I feel like Max is sort of the pick and choose. Like, um, mm. there's not one superhero that's the idol or something. It's just like, there's a lot of superheroes that do a lot of great stuff and she just mm. sort of picks what's best about them to aspire after. That's also why I think she um, felt very comfortable um, criticizing the old Star Wars team leader capabilities um, mm -hmm. as you know, the one who would always go off and not rely on his team, and that's kind of not a great thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think we... I don't remember if that's something we have established or not, but I picture Max as um, like a superhero geek who has like spreadsheets on like every su major superhero and their strengths and weaknesses. Now and uh, My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Max made those spreadsheets herself, though. Mm. I think that's just... You can probably download them or, you know, her mom hired someone to make them or something. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, like, while she might idolize some heroes, she always aspires to be better than them. Like, uh, often the problem with idols is sort of um, putting them on a pedestal. But Max is absolutely convinced, at least, 
until you know the insecurities come in <laughs> that she can be the best superhero and better than any of the great ones mm. that's admir admirable and something to grow past yes uh, over time. <laughs> actually while we're on the favorite superheroes and idols and stuff like that we have a question uh, here other than knight rider who are the most famous heroes in the sos so this this might help to broaden our writing a bit. <laughs> I I this is this is the question of the Q and A episode, right? Like the question of how much do we want to establish here that just would come up naturally at some point in the plot. But I thought, hey, why not? A few superheroes would be fun. I have a whole list here. Let's see which ones are interesting. <laughs> All right. So heroes that just haven't shown up yet for the most part. Like actually, I'm gonna say Transistor is pretty big in the SOS at this point. Uh, I mentioned him before, so I'm going to bring him up here. The idea of original Adam. Original Adam is the <laughs> superhero who's just immortal and hasn't died yet. Who's mainly like in, uh, in an advi advisory position there. Because <laughs> like he doesn't really fight crime. He's just immortal. <laughs> so he's mainly like a PR thing that they probably have there. Uh, he's 2000 the knowledge of centuries yeah. of human history. He's 2000 years old as far as most people know. And, uh, yeah, more of a counselor. That's basically all that I have on him. Uh, so, Mirror Mirror. Mirror Mirror is one that probably going to show up in the plot pretty soon, actually. Because I've also thought of him very early, and he's like a big hero in the SOS. He's just not shown up yet. Who is a shapeshifter with, like, an in-between state of a puddle of mercury. So, he transforms from mercury into humans. So, he's... He's the Terminator guy. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of T2. He's kind of T2, the Terminator from Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, and he wears like a spiffy silvery jacket and a silvery mask and stuff like that. So he dresses like a Elvis impersonator. No, he dresses like an, an, an 80s uh, glam rock star. Oh, okay. Kind of in that direction. And also because he's fucking hilarious and really exemplifies the uh, uh, the issues with the SOS. They have a military-based hero who is also their military liaison, who they kind of need to, like... I could imagine that the US military at some points had the idea of, like, hey, how about we use superhumans for warfare? What? <laughs> and the SOS has actually kind of fought against that, and but they still have pretty close ties to the military to, like... Because the SOS has very much a let's keep friendly relations with everybody and not be too controversial stance for the most part. Uh, and I just want to bring him up because his name is Colonel of Truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, and and he, he has an, an enemy uh, from the Soviet Union who Obviously. has like a Russian name, uh, but his American code name is Major Crimes. <laughs> Amazing. So you know, it. just bringing them up, just bringing them up. No, Julia doesn't love puns. How whatever <laughs> gave you that idea? I also have like four others, but let's see if they're gonna come up organically. I actually also have a concept for a superhero in mind for a future one shot I'm doing. Yeah, sure. Like if you wanna add big superheroes in the yeah. SOS, now's the perfect time. He's not an active superhero anymore, um, because he lost both of his arms uh, fighting evil villains. Oh. Um, he was known as Multitool, and he oh. could actually transform his arms into anything. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. Oof. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, what he what he does uh, now mainly is conventions and just going to schools and you know talking to to children about the how great and amazing superheroes. Camp are. Max counselor stuff. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, I I think all the superheroes that I wanted to invent, I put into Camp Max. Yeah, true. I, I mean, I really liked. I mean, one of my favorite characters. Um, Still is Ryan, mm. but also Guy Dixon because I like the. Oh yeah, Guy. I mean, you might have noticed. Poor Guy. You might have noticed from the sorts of um, superpowers I gave the people in Camp Max that I really enjoy superpowers that look very useful, useless on the surface. Mm -hmm. But if you go at it with a bit of imagination, um, you can do pretty cool stuff with it mm -hmm. and i really like the idea of guy dixon a person who has like super cool superpowers but is just not a good superhero 
Not mm. bad, as in morally bad, just not competent. I also like that idea, though. Like, less powerful powers, where it's more about, like... Or, like, weird, weirder powers, yeah. where it's more about, like, interesting applications. Also, like, yeah. I, I really love this My Hero Academia sort of idea of you can have, like, kind of weird powers, but if you use the right equipment that's forged for them, you can get a lot more out of them. Which is kind of wh uh, what I went to with Transistor too, mm. where the idea is like electricity powers, but mainly gear that uses the electricity for stuff. I especially like Yuhi's power of like sand manipulation, mm. because on the surface it looks like, yeah, you can control sand. Great, you'll never get dirty. But imagine getting hit by a sand blaster the size mm. of like a, a city bus. <laughs> Or but like you can cut someone open with sand if you yeah. if you use it in the right way. Also, yeah. you could um, if you if you go broader with it, you could also use like sand tentacles for like feeling stuff. I mean, my idea was especially for someone um, a superhero that is about fighting supervillains, but like relief efforts. Mm -hmm. Someone with sand control powers would be very very useful in any sort of na natural catastrophe, like finding people that have been lost like um digging people out of a um, broken down building yeah that's that's kind of what i thought yeah what i'm really interested in is just basically skill versus raw power mm -hmm. because uh there's probably a lot of really powerful superheroes out there but there might just be rather weak ones but they know how to use these powers much better mm -hmm. so um in the end they could still be the right choice for a superhero job or even beat a super villain with much more power mm. i i like stuff like that a lot yeah okay here's another question that i'm gonna bring up real quick because we kind of already answered it uh but maybe we can expand on it a little more what's the world's uh, like outside of the us is it mostly the same as ours or are there any major differences so big top idea is, I think I mentioned that once before, like as a joke in one of the episodes, but I actually mean it. If you can think of an alternative universe trope, yes, probably. It's probably <laughs> the case, except for, except for, um, no blips, no blips. Yeah. No blips, no airships, <laughs> nothing like that. But everything else. Yeah, probably all of the stuff where I think of like, I've watched a YouTube video once that was kind of interesting about how this thing almost didn't happen or how this thing almost happened. Yeah, how about this is canon in our universe? That seems cool. Hawaii is still a kingdom. Why not? It never became a part of the US. Everything can be canon. So very much leaning into the alternative universe. Everything is different tropes. Like the Soviet Union is still around. What if East Germany is still around? It might be, who knows? So the Cold War is still going on? Yeah, it just turned, oh. like, really cold. It's so just cold. frozen war at this point. <laughs> Nothing's happening anymore. We put it on ice. It's like, in, it's like in Fallout, where the Cold War just kind of stopped being a thing for a while, and then 100 years later, the whole world nu nuked itself. <laughs> what, uh, what else? What else? What are some cool alternative universe concepts that you want to canonize? <laughs> you know what? What I, uh, what I would like to see um, is a, a big colony in Antarctica. That like the Anderson Scott Station actually mm -hmm. um, um, grew to be like a, a, a town or city or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe even like people with ice powers or something um, went there because hey, no one's gonna bother us here. Yeah, that <laughs> and seems there's cool. all these uh, snow and ice that we could use. Um, I kind of like just having like a, a big city in the middle of Antarctica that mostly keeps to themselves. That's sick. I like that. It's still Constantinople. Oh, <laughs> uh, Istanbul is Constantinople. No, I was, I was trying to go for like the song lyrics, yeah, but I yeah. don't know them well enough. Yeah. They're too fast. Yeah, yeah very They're too fast, fast yeah, for me. Yeah. Also Atlantis. Ah, uh, Atlantis is the question. I, I thought about Atlantis. That's one that I thought about. I'm thinking like not in a it has always existed kind of way, mm -hmm. but maybe... Some rich dude made like, Atlantis because he could. Exactly, like capitalism made Atlantis real. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Now I'm thinking of it like <laughs> like in a Titanic kind of, kind of way, a Titanic unsinkable ship. Like we're going to build this big seastead on the ocean and call it Atlantis after the mythical city. And then of course, because of their hubris, it actually <laughs> sinks. It actually becomes the real yeah. Atlantis. <laughs> That's great. And I see, love that. This is how world building happens in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly how it happens. It's like, hmm, how could we make this funny? <laughs> mm. 
we have a lot of questions about the SOS uh, and about superheroes in general. There's one that I'm going to like briefly touch on, which is, are pro heroes given a salary by the SOS? Yes. Uh, I think we've actually established that too. At pro, all pro heroes are paid, as, at least in Waypoint. This is an international thing. Uh, every part of the country kind of has its own rules. It's like a state kind of thing. Like our heroes are also getting a salary. Not enough that it wouldn't be a problem if Max's mom cut her off. <laughs> but they are getting paid. What's like the youngest age a superhero in Waypoint could be? Like child labor laws. Ooh, that's a good question. Our heroes, like Charlotte is not a teenager. Yes. As we've established. <laughs> as we've established. But, <laughs> but Max is like 17, I think. Or 16. 16, yeah. Yeah. Like that. that's enough for a job. Yeah, like I think enough. I think I think Max would have probably tried to get into super teams as soon as like, hey, can you hire me at this point when I turn sixteen? Yeah, like kind of at that point. So I'm gonna, th I I think sixteen makes sense, right? Like at least for Waypoint, I can imagine that like, Dreamland doesn't have child labor. <laughs> <laughs> Dreamland actively encourages child labor. Yeah. <laughs> what else are they gonna do it come could on also be like similar to um children actors that they are mm. allowed in um it's as, <laughs> as like it, it, if, if it doesn't um they are allowed to do superheroics in a very very um constricted yeah. way like only if it's safe enough and only if um, yeah that's that's the thought that my mind immediately went to like yeah okay you can get injured on a set if you're acting as a superhero That is not something that you can do safely. I mean, if you're like... <laughs> depends on what you're doing. We're always thinking about fighting supervillains, but there's a lot of other stuff that superheroes might do. Yeah, like healing powers or something would be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would At make sense. At that point, are you being a superhero, though? Or just like a medic who has superpowers, you know? It's a difficult question. <laughs> I think that depends on what... We, what I guess in that world, there is probably like legal distinction between mm -hmm. a superhero and a person using their superpowers yeah. in contrast to someone. Um, at what point does someone have superpowers? I could probably abilities? think something up as yeah. the legal brain of the group. I yeah. Guess. yeah. <laughs> There's also like a general idea of most people who have superpowers are superheroes just because like it's a pretty prestigious job and superpowers are rare. Yeah. Like, even in a city like Waypoint, which has, like, a lot of superheroes, like, a vast majority of them are people who travel to Waypoint to live there and work there as superheroes. I have, like, uh, a lot of the characters that we've mentioned before are obviously not from Waypoint. Like, Transistor talked about this, about how she, uh, with her team back in the 90s, traveled to Waypoint to get into the SOS, which uh, was pretty difficult for a lot of them but some of them got into it some of them didn't get into it knight rider and uh and starbolt were both not from waypoint but also waypoint didn't exist yet <laughs> when starbolt started which raises questions about his age but we can all just go with superheroes age differently and especially if they have speed powers it's all fine speedsters are just not bound by any laws of logic yeah their their cells are very fast and that's why they age more slowly <laughs> it all makes sense <laughs> <laughs> you guys cannot see that i'm very much trying to hold in all my <laughs> my knowledge about um cellular biology no see they have very strong cell regeneration too that's why that's oh why their it's... super healing actually allows them to I mean, Charlotte has super speedy healing, so that yeah. implies a sort of cell regeneration. There's something that we've kind of established a bit earlier on. I don't know how, how much that was a part of the plot, but we definitely talked about it. That this treatment that was mentioned at the beginning of the first episode that kind of hasn't come back yet in the plot since, uh, that people can buy superpowers, that that is a technology that was introduced at some point. Which also, like, there's a hero in the SOS that I have in my notes here. who Like, two, actually, out of, out of the ones I have in my notes here. Who purchased their powers. The, the idea with that is sort of, like, that there is a distinction between the physically possible powers and the physically impossible powers. Like, you can only sort of hand over powers to other people that make somewhat logical sense. Yeah. Like, part of it was that people just thought Starbolt's powers can't be given to someone else. Because people tried, 
and the process just didn't work because the powers are too unnatural to the human body to really function such a speed is just impossible no matter how how much you extend the powers mm. of a so human like the like those sort of necessary secondary abilities that you need to have to survive yeah. using super speed. yeah exactly like That's... all of it fitting together about something like enhanced senses or enhanced strength where it's just like we just have to make your muscles better basically like the ability to like jump really high and they can extend uh, enhance you in a way that you also don't break your ankles when you come down again in the end uh, stuff like you know s something along the lines of a spider-man wall crawl is probably mm. something they could give you by like having your skin uh give out this sort of adhesive or something like that Even, like, there's probably experimentation on, like, light electricity powers and something like that taken as, like, an overcharge of your body's internal electricity or something. Maybe even light psychic powers that are light enough that you could feasibly somehow get them out of a human. Um, but all of these only with an original donor who, like, kind of gave them the powers and went through pretty thorough experimentation. And a lot of powers are just impossible to transplant to someone and scientists haven't really figured out why they work on the original person like it might as well be magic <laughs> but classifying it as magic would probably be a bit weird are we gonna do the very very um obvious question of if you could have superpowers what would they be uh, we can do that so if you could have superpowers what would they be you julian you oh, me, me. me. I mean, I, oh, could, I, I, could, I could act like I have to think about it because I have never thought about this question before, but that's bullshit. Uh, Shapeshifting. Shapeshifting sounds really cool. I would love to be able to do that. Shapeshifting into other people? Into or? other people. Or like into, I don't know, OCs. <laughs> Just shapeshifting in general. Shapeshifting is a cool power. Interesting. It, it allows me to like, I don't know, express however I want, whenever I want. It allows me to steal without people knowing it was me it's just an, oh oh no i'd be a super villain huh i'd be a light villain you know you would be the delinquent yeah um, i'd be place, the delinquent playbook. that's fine mimi what about you please say something so that i can remember what i decided on <laughs> see my whole thing is i could never really decide on a superpower because The character I always want to be most like is the one who doesn't have any powers at all, mm. but still functions well in like these superpowered settings, mm -hmm. either because they're they're smart or something like that. It's just the kind of character that I most jive with. Where I think, yeah, I would like to be that. Mm. But like just in 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 daily life, that's kind of how I I think. Yeah, about in it. in daily life, I think I would. Love something like telekinesis, something like mm. that. That would be cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's just useful. useful. Yeah. yeah, especially since I'm very short. And you also <laughs> don't have to get off the couch to like get, that get too. candy from yes. over there. That's cool. But I also feel very ridiculous in a grocery store when there's something on the top shelf and mm. I, I cannot reach. <laughs> I get that. And no, I don't want to be taller. <laughs> I just want telekinesis, okay? That's valid. I know I've had this thought and i know in like my, my usual way i pretty much did a mental spreadsheet of every pro and contra mm -hmm. and i don't remember what i landed on <laughs> i think i landed on teleportation teleportation is cool yeah because it's just it's no uh yeah uh, i mean time manipulation would be Time manipulation would be too powerful for me. Yeah, but it's it would be so good. I mean, I could do all the stuff I don't have time for. If I need like a nap, I can just slow down time. I mean, mm. it is a very, very powerful... Um, also very abusable, like to the yeah. way of like you can hurt yourself constantly <laughs> by doing it. Yeah, um, it would vastly depend on like... I mean, if you freeze time, then you have to argue, like, yeah, the air isn't moving, you can't breathe, the light mm. isn't moving, you can't see. If you stop time, you're basically in an airless, lightless void while you're doing mm. it. I mean, it totally depends how it works, but time manipulation would be very, very cool. Or teleportation, uh, because it's just very useful. And yeah. Also, it could be very useful, like, helping people, like, getting stuff from A to B in a very Teleporting short to the high shelf. So Mimi can get something. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I could teleport it down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can also teleport other things. <laughs> that would, I mean, it, that's just how my brain works. And mm. once I found the answer to something that 
topic is like close for done. me and then yeah. i don't re- and then i don't remember what i actually landed on something i don't get wanting is um mind reading i don't want to know what other people are thinking it's high on my list actually mind no. reading just it's an anxiety thing it's a social yeah. anxiety thing because like i misinterpret social interactions so fucking much and the ability to be sure about what someone thought about what i just said would be amazing I I know I totally get that because of my autism thing, but I also know that I'm already overstimulated by people just wanting to read their body language and tone and stuff. Mm. That if I had to read their minds too, I would just be in constant sensory overload, mm. just all the time. But it would help with social interaction. Honestly, I don't think it would help me with social interaction. I think it would hinder me a lot mm. because I know there's probably a lot of people who think bad things about me, right? Yeah. And I already am anxious enough going like, what if they are thinking bad things about me? But then you know. Like, yeah, knowing that, that would be horrible. No, the you thing know for which me people is, to cut would, out of your life. Yeah, the thing for me is it would be a lot easier for me if I knew it. Because then I wouldn't have to constantly think about it about everyone, you know? Because then I'd be like, no, these people aren't actually thinking it. These people are thinking it. Okay, fuck them. Bye-bye. Yeah, but that's not how thoughts work. Like... In a day, I have many, many bad thoughts where afterwards I'm like, that was a fucked up thing to think. Like, that's really mean. And I don't say any of that out loud or act on it. But I just think a lot of the time people think like horrible shit that they would never say out loud or act on. And afterwards maybe realize, oh, yeah, that was kind of bad. Probably shouldn't think that. You just should just listen to their thoughts until they think that. So like, ah, fucked up shit. I shouldn't have thought that. Okay, it's fine then. It's fine then. I'll leave. I do sometimes catch myself judging other people and how they look or something like that. And I think that's just the society we grow up in. But judging someone on these thoughts feels really, really bad. I just just prefer judging them on what I can actually see. Like, what are they saying? What are they doing? Stuff like that. Mm. But then again, again, my, my lawyer brain is like, thought crime bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I, I i get your perspective on this i it, again i didn't choose it as my power it's just it's yeah. it is up there i also flying which is not as good as teleportation but i would love to do it more than teleport it seems myself more fun yeah it seems a lot more fun than teleportation oh, also what something that i would like to do is breathe on the water breathing under that that would have been like top of my list when i was like 11 or 12 i still i love water so much and i dream so much about like diving and Mm. being underwater i think that's just my brain telling me i have to drink more (laughs) um but i I should probably i should take up diving at some point i used to have recurring dreams of uh being a mermaid i remember that or a merman i guess i i I that definitely was my favorite mythological thing as a child and definitely something i was obsessed with and i think it came from the mermaid barbie movie i <laughs> i believe that that was great yeah because like I when i imagine when i try to think back to what dream merman me looked like it was definitely sparkly and it had this sort of like transitional sparkle thing between the fishtail and the top of the body and i think that's from the barbie movie i'm pretty sure that's where i picked up that mental image now i just need a town that is inspired by barbie <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, they have so much supernatural stuff in those mm. movies, and God. <laughs> That's the parallel universe special at some point. And, where... and Barbie Girl has to be playing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrific. I have a whole bunch of questions here that are about PR things and about corporate sponsorships. And of course, they're all from Queen Bee, uh, <laughs> Max's arch nemesis. <laughs> We, uh, uh, let's just go through a few of them real quick. Can people in the SOS endorse products or get corporate sponsors? When I read that question, I actually did think about it for a little bit. Because I was like, oh man, imagine like a superhero who has like all over their super suit, like the corporate sponsorships (laughs) of like a race car driver or something like that. And I get the feeling that that was definitely something that came up at some point. And it's definitely something where at some point, like the big super teams were like, no, stop we can't do this this is horrific for our image yeah i feel like the endorsement especially when you're involved in one of your missions might mm-hmm. be bad but showing up in a uh, like a, a commercial an ad or, some or commercial yeah, yeah. or something is totally a thing that's also what i thought like definitely there are coca-cola ads with knight rider uh and stuff like that that's absolutely something that's happening like in the same way that we get from like sports celebrities yeah 
can I um, can I uh, ask something of you, Julian? Uh, never. Yes, sure. Do it. <laughs> Could you maybe ask and answer the next question in Dr. Sukavau's Dr. Sukavau's voice because I love him. Uh, that What's sounds that? weird. <laughs> okay, can you ask the next question in Dr. Sukavau's Okay, I can ask the next next question in Dr. Sukavau's voice. I, I just miss him so much. Um, Besides vegan hot dogs, what products would the Renegades be interested in advertising? So now that we've established corporate sponsorships, uh, <laughs> which ones are yours? I think that's a question mostly towards Max. What yeah, kind? that's definitely a Max question. Uh, I think the question here would rather be what wouldn't she be advertising? <laughs> okay, okay, let's let me let me redo the question a little bit. Um, in Dr. Zuckerberg? Where no, <laughs> <laughs> where where at the current point in the lore? Mm -hmm. What brand would you think is realistically looking for the Renegades to advertise it? I think maybe like some sort of startup that just mm -hmm. started out and needs just someone to be involved with them mm -hmm. and they can't realistically get one of the biggest superheroes. So <laughs> we are the low budget, like C-list yeah. What I'm thinking now is like the podcast sponsorship yeah yeah like exactly that like this is the this is the renegades meal kit uh that you can get twice a month or something yeah. like that exactly something like that oh. and i will not mention any of their names because if they want to be named in these episodes <laughs> they can pay us yeah i think stuff like that or um these where you get just sent clothes once a month or something mm -hmm. considering that max never wears anything <laughs> other you know, than the superhero get up Yeah. Oh man, also, I'm thinking like a fucking uh, MLM trying to use the Renegades for promotion. Guys, it's obvious. <laughs> These someone, fitness shakes. Uh, someone will want to use um, Charlotte for energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah totally. of course. Uh, Charlotte is probably like the best PR to tool you guys have. Like, she's simultaneously PR poison and really, really useful <laughs> yeah. for PR. She's starballed. And on the other side, Is she Starbucks? <laughs> yeah. You know, don't we really want to um, put our reputation on the line? Mm. But if you say she's just a speedster, just Charlotte like swishing in, that's what you get with creature drink. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, creature drink. Do you want some uh, blue cow? Some of this nice energy drink that we have? Some last unicorn, because, you know, the, the red ball was in that movie. Yeah. It's a funny joke. Uh. Uh, I have a couple of questions to close us out here. Um, mainly two. First off, what rights do Dreamland citizens have? It's the most powerful question we were asked. <laughs> so I gotta the bring right it up. The right to be Dreamland citizens and to do everything that Dreamland asks of them. <laughs> like, I would hope they have human rights, right? Like, that, that seems like the core sort of edge like you're you're the legal professional maybe uh what what human rights could they not take away from them the thing is i feel like they obviously have this human rights charter right yeah but they very selectively apply it mm. <laughs> because if um if the authorities don't really play ball like if you get the right or wrong type of judges mm -hmm. then in the end it's really hard to actually you know get someone to yeah. agree that there's a human rights infraction in any way. So I think it's this whole thing of, yes, technically they have all of these rights, <laughs> but whether like this is true in reality is a completely different thing because mm. yeah, I think it's just so everything is so corrupt and everything is just so geared towards profit that um, people just, you know, can't. Are there any labor laws? <laughs> I feel like, yes, there are labor laws, but it's mostly like um, unions evil. And you know, <laughs> if you work for someone, then they give you money. And, you know, so you have to do everything they say. Instead of instead of unions, they have uh, the the fun, uh, the fun duck cohorts or something <laughs> like that. Like uh, something that sounds very marketing friendly and that is actually just like uh, more plutocracy. I'm just thinking about a government or like... It's, Dreamland is a state, so a government mm. institution um, that's basically the um, the, 
the present time version of the Pinkertons. Like mm -hmm. an FBI that just goes around and just and trying to find out if anyone is trying to found a union mm -hmm. or trying to get workers. Every organized. workplace is just an Amazon warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Everything. Basically. Like, <laughs> like the the kind of idea with with Dreamland is that it for everything but aesthetic, it's a cyberpunk arcology. Like these sort of uh, corporate-owned subsidies that exist in another country, which just that in this case it kind of became its own country. Uh, and I really like this idea of like like this basic image we have of like a cyberpunk place. I feel is on the one hand just pure Orientalism for a lot of it, but also there's a lot of just abstraction in it that makes it harder to see that we kind of have those places already and i think the idea of like literally branding it with a fantasy corporation that doesn't exist that is based on a movie studio and has amusement parks uh kind of brings it into a more like real world yeah. light and i think it's really funny that we keep making it worse <laughs> <laughs> Like, the whole thing with Dreamland is it's probably a great place to live for certain people. Yeah, yeah. But it's hell for everyone else. A whole country of Disney adults. Yes. Uh, Disney, of course, has nothing to do with Dreamland. There was just... Uh, Disney adults are a thing that I just mentioned separately. Yes. It yes. has mm -hmm. nothing to do... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I said the name. <laughs> gonna, gonna have to bleep that out, I guess. Uh, we'll see. We are snipers. We are snipers. <laughs> the D-adults. We need the, to censor the, the, the slurs. The D-adults. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if turf is a slur, then Disney too, I guess. Um, I don't know what kind of questions you have. About I mainly have one big final question. Okay. Uh, but, you know. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention with Dreamland, you have to write, nay, the obligation to enjoy yourself. <laughs> yes. It's the happiest country on, on earth. earth. No, I just, uh, I thought something that would be interesting would be to ask you guys how you made up your characters and since you have made up a character namely will mm. i would i think that question still sets. should uh, i maybe phrase it again so i can start because i'm the least interesting one that's not true you no, make no, up 90 percent 95 percent of all characters yes, in way but like talking about will because he's like a, very much a side character although he's shown up in the main plot now Will is just the thing that I always do. <laughs> uh, I very much have a thing for like urban wizards, which is really the direction that Will goes in and for way too high concept stuff in a low concept world. Like introducing the existence of hell as just a certainty where people can go. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the direction with Will. Uh, also like he's this very much this archetype of the reluctant hero who only over time like figures out hey i actually kind of like doing this this is very much the idea with will and with a lot of other characters that i've done before so also he's like in in how i imagine him in my head based on this very very old concept for a fantasy urban fantasy setting that i thought of a long time ago then i don't know maybe maybe at some point i'll do it in some way uh, something about will in particular is that he's also kind of a joke on how the playbooks work in mass uh, because Will is built to, out, based on description, very clearly be one playbook, but not be that playbook. He's very much built so when I would describe him, people would think he's the doomed. Because he very much fits into that archetype. But he's just really cool with his dark powers and gets along with them really well. So he's just not the doomed. He's just the Nova. Uh, <laughs> like, they're still too strong and he still like sometimes over -challenge, uh, channels them or something. But there's no risk of him going down the doom tracker. <laughs> One question. How did you decide on the accent? Uh, his last name is Crowley. <laughs> no, his, la his, name, is, his name is Willoughby Crowley. And it's pretty, it's like fairly obvious where I took the Crowley from. The Willoughby I took from the John Constantine stand-in in Doom Patrol. <laughs> and both of those lean towards a British accent. <laughs> and I do a pretty shit british accent but i decided to do it as a joke because he's just gonna be in this one like two episode mini thingy yeah that then broadened it to five episodes and now he's a major character that shows up sometimes so who knows i didn't think you would take an entire episode to get started yeah you know it always takes longer than <laughs> it, it, it it'd be like that also that was a learning curve for me to 
be to just learn how to hurt you you group of cats a bit more efficiently. Mm. So I think if I did that one again, it would be okay. Let's be honest, one episode shorter, mm. but not much else. I mean, it turned out really well. I really like yeah. the final product, and I still think that like my best edit job out of the entire podcast so far was the last episode of Camp Max. Mimi. Yes, so I feel like I'm always the person who puts the least thought into my characters beforehand because I just saw the star playbook and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah, mood though. Like when I first saw it, it was also what I thought. Yeah, I would do that. (laughs) And then I just had to think like, do I kind of play um, this naive person who really wants to be a superhero and learns how to just play the public, um, which is what Max turned into? Mm. Or is it someone who is just genuinely good at manipulation and uses the team and the public for their own gains? Mm-hmm. Which is what I decided against uh, in the end. I've played characters like this before and it can become kind of exhausting uh, in a group. Yeah, I think I think just it appealed to me more to, to do it the earnest approach mm-hmm. there. And um, then I kind of thought that it would make sense for this type of character to come from a pretty privileged background, which um, is how I thought about um, Max having these very flashy powers that lend themselves well to uh, superheroics. And also this mother who always, I could say, supported her, but it was more like pushed her into that <laughs> mm. whole thing. And yeah, then the rest was just sort of through play, how, yeah. how I found out. like. The, I took the PR agent, which then turned into Max's brother. Then I wanted to, the type of name that you hear and you think this is only the name you could choose in, you know, a comic book, which is why I went with Max Powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the superhero name was chosen by public vote that you yes, had. Yes, I, I made up a bunch of um, like electri- electricity-based um, superhero names and then I just sent it to all my groups, all my friends, my whole family, and let them decide by public vote. And Which is so went... flavorful. So flavorful for Max. <laughs> what was the second place? I think it was... Was it Discharge? Oh, I don't know. I posted the thing on, on Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. during the... March I saw my favorite name again there, but I forgot what it was now. I did not vote for Ecstatic. But I like Ecstatic. <laughs> ecstatic is a good I, name. I love Ecstatic. Like, it, oh, was, it, was one of my, it was one of my favorites. And I'm really glad it, it was chosen. And I mm. think it fits very well. Mm. And yes, Ecstatic also played into how I play Max now yeah. <laughs> as a character. Yeah. How about you, Vio? Um, I think for me, um, what came first actually was the superpower. As I said, I like superpowers that are very limited. Um, and I think what I pitched to you, Julian, first was a character who can do... Um, um, telepathy but only broadcast they can only they cannot sense what other people are thinking they can only i uh, think i remember yeah yeah and then and and then from that basically a telepath um came from Mm. i basically looked through the playbooks and thought what would be the most interesting for me to play with this sort of um this sort of power set yeah, it's just on that note real quick, I think it's also kind of interesting, like, I, I don't think we've ever clearly said that, but, like, the first episode of Waypoint that we recall it was the first time we played Masks. Uh, we've never played this game before that, yeah. and uh, that's why we looked at the playbooks for the first time, and these are all, like, our first choices, basically. Yeah. And I think I wanted to play The Outsider because I liked the contradiction of someone who can read everyone's minds and thoughts, but has no idea what to do with it. Mm as my idea of like limiting it a bit. Um, and I just like the idea of the outsider, especially, especially in a story setting, because we need some, it makes it a lot easier to tell a story where the world is so different from our own mm. when you have someone there who doesn't know it yet. So sort of as an audience stand in, um, I chose Moon to be a an alien. And then I basically went, okay, what kind of, what what would a planet look like um, where everyone is telepathic mm. and with that sort of mindset and why would someone leave that? And yeah, basically it was me like ranting all of my ideas into a uh, text chat with Julian and him going, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think... 
for most of the things I was just like, yep, sure, let's do that. And like <laughs> for a few things, I, I think I suggested like small changes, but like yeah. nothing big. Also, Moon was definitely the character that blindsided me the most out of uh, <laughs> out of like the preparations. Because like... Oh, oh shit, yeah, now I have to think about aliens. Yeah, <laughs> literally that. Like literally, I didn't have any plans for aliens in this universe before. Which is also kind of why ultimately I went with Earth hasn't really specified that aliens exist yet that's not really a thing that people just know about but it's cool again like a whole new angle to to the setting and that's how ideas like the collective came about which is of course not going to be relevant to the plot at, at all, any point at it's all. just you know we mentioned it like once it's not that important and moon's whole support network there uh, on the other planets ship, ship which is a move <laughs> that became its own character kind yeah. of just like rex I, re- I really love how a lot of these playbooks like encourage that sort of thing mm-hmm. of like bringing in these these weird characters just out of a move in yeah. general. I took a move because it gives me mechanical benefits. Mm. You, the game master, now have to make up yeah. an entire character. Yeah, kinda. But it works. Uh, I I love like okay, that's like again a side thing, but I love doing AI. Uh, <laughs> I I really love playing AI. Like I in other like I I played a lot of Shadowrun. And one of my favorite characters to play in that was literally just an AI uh, <laughs> that lives in, like, one of the characters' smartphone uh, and is not a physical character, but, like, hey, uh, hold the phone up to that so I can hack it. <laughs> All right, we've done it. I uh, I have one more question for you that I saved for the end because I think it's a really cool question and a really involving question. Um, if each of your heroes was a villain, what would their villain name be? I think we thought about this before. Yes. (laughs) There might be a a plot bunny um, running around in our collective group. Collective group. For like a potential little intermission story at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That where this question might become relevant. I know I I settled on something, but I can't remember what. (laughs) Was it Brain Freeze? No, no. It was something worse. I th- yeah. Like, <laughs> it was something more evil. Let's put yeah. it that way. Not worse as in, you no, know. No, the name you picked was actually Shed. <laughs> yeah. No, it was more evil. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have been thinking about it. Honestly, my first thought was pretty horrific, as in uh, Capital Punishment, as in mm-hmm. the electric chair, mm-hmm. which is pretty horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but that's rough. Um, I actually settled on Arc Flash, which is like an electricity phenomenon. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And um, it's basically when you have these um, electrical equipment and basically um, have a spark that flips over and just causes this huge giant explosion. And that's an Arc Flash. Google that. Look yeah. it up. It Look looks it up. pretty sick. It looks really, really like, it looks really cool, but it's so dangerous. Yeah. Will would be Willoughby Crowley. Because he doesn't use names. Yeah. But I can see him turning evil. Sure. Why not? And I mean, Charlotte would be reverse Star Vault. Star! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, Charlotte just, uh, just fucking m- murdering Knight Rider. Just <laughs> going all out. I just imagine, like... Oh, that would actually be like like the character uh, character establishing moment, like Charlotte running up the SOS um, tower, just mm. smashing in the window and murdering um, Knight Rider mm. just in cold blood, just like zing, snapping his neck. Scene one. Was it mind mind melt? I th- I think it might be. It might have been yes. Um, one question I have for you guys is. Okay, let's let's end it out on this question. Let's end it out on one last question. Okay. What do you got? Um, what kind of very superhero tropey episode would you want to do for Waypoint? Oh. Like, what's the kind of, I mean... I mean, I'm the game master. Yeah. So if I want to do one, I'll find a way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to talk about the one where I have no plans how to do it yet, because it's, I, I would love to do it. And that's um, WandaVision-ish thing. Oh. Uh, which is, you know, the characters are transported into this sort of, 50s-ish or like past-ish setting where they're extremely normative and have to live in this normative life and slowly it gets more and more fucked up as they realize what's going on and try to escape the simulation in a way. That's something I 100% want to do. I, I, I fucking love that trope. For me, it's something that could actually happen 
quite easily and with moon's powers is that going into someone's mind like mm. physically going into someone's like dreamscape or subconscious or something like that that would be very cool alternatively a shopping episode shopping episodes fun. shopping episode would be re- very yeah. fun especially also just very doable especially i like i just like the idea of moon like going to the black market which is actually mm-hmm. a market where everything is black mm-hmm. <laughs> it's painted black to get like some parts for a ship or the drone or something like that i mean i did introduce the very visual elements uh, element of like a lot of riverside living in the constant shadow of a giant fucking bridge mm-hmm. right over it yeah that's a perfect place for a black market yeah <laughs> the undermarket yeah and just like a shopping episode where every of the every one of the vendors could kill you <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I love these tropey episodes so much mm. and stuff. Um, and you can't pick your favorite. Well, um, the March Masters actually had a side bracket with like a power swap, which I think mm. could be really fucking Ooh. cool. Mm. Ooh. <sighs> I'm, I'm just thinking like Moon would be fucked. Yeah. Moon would be absolutely yeah, moon, fucked. <laughs> moon would have to rely mm. on the person. Yeah, who no got way to powers. communicate. No way to communicate except with the person who can yeah. read her mind. Yeah. And um, I do love a good beach episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. And also what I fucking love is just meeting your younger self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, also something that I have ideas for. Like either in a time travel way or, you know, in the inside your own mind kind mm-hmm. of way or something like that. Or illusion or whatever. I think stuff like that is really, really fun. Mm. Guys, tournament arc. I'm here for it. I loved it. And I, just, I, I just mean, like I, I love tournament thing. arcs. We just, that's, that's March Masks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've done that. But we could actually, basically, I just want, I think what I like most about tournament arcs is just very cool, fleshy fights. I really think that a tournament tournament arc works best, though, for this multiversal crossover kind yep. of thing yeah. in that context. Yep. As like, you know, they the way they do it in comics, too, like something like Secret Wars or something, the original mm. one. Where, like, there's this big multiversal space villain and he wants to find out who's the strongest of all the universes. So he collects every hero and lets them fight against each other. Something along those lines. Also, one of the things that we, 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 that we actually asked, like, um, like, what if your characters were supervillains? Yeah, yeah, that's also... A yeah, good one. But that's less that's, of that's a kind trope. of a. It can be. It's the uh, we've traveled to this parallel universe, mm. and this is what's going on here, kind of trope, yeah. which is also something. You Although, in that scenario, I would be so much more interested in just seeing um, normal Max, like mm-hmm. not a supervillain or anything, just growing up without trying to be a superhero or supervillain or anything. I think the most underrated element of these we're going to the different universe where everything is fucked up uh, settings is not all the heroes are villains but all the villains are heroes i love these like where it's actually reversed and you have all of these characters that turned into the bad guys in the main universe becoming heroic through uh, some changes to their past in this one that could be really fun (laughs) I just love this thing of um, the worst thing a superhero could be is not a villain, but someone who just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Someone who does not want to save other people or make the world a better place. And I think that's sort of the worst thing a superhero mm. could be. I think that's one of the directions that could also very easily be taken. Like going like all, all the misguided hero universe where it's like, I think that the bad things I'm doing are going to improve things and stuff like that. Like, that can all be, I think, interesting motivations for one of these parallel yeah. universes in how things have changed. And I think we have answered quite a lot of questions today. Yes. Yeah. We have socials. We use them. I'm trying to think of all of the things that we normally do, but we have a screen in front of my face. It's somehow more difficult. Uh, we have Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, TikTok, at WaypointPod. We have email waypointheroes at gmail.com. We have. No, that's everything. We have all of that. Um, Twitter's so our main account. If there Check are any there. questions you thought that we should have totally answered but um, haven't gotten around to us yet, um, that's still open. We're still. Yeah, we're uh, always accepting questions. Another yeah. episode is going to come at some point. Yeah. And hopefully, Zani is going to be there for that one. Yeah. So. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Have a good one. 
and we'll hear from each other, see each other. We will see each other I'm again seeing in two right weeks. Now. And seeing all of you currently. Until then, bye bye. I can bye -bye. see everything. Bye bye. bye.